to the Not Great Parents podcast. Um, I'm Molly, and this is a not great parent on the right of me, Nathan, yep, and here. another not great parent over That's your true. head. And so that rounds us out right here with three not great parents. But That's right. uh, we are excited to be here today. Um, we love getting the chance to talk to you guys about parenting, about family, um, about some of the things that we all have going on in our lives. So uh, today we have a little bit of a change in our normal schedule. We're going to yeah. do a mini episode, what we're calling a mini episode that just focuses on one topic um, and really talking about it kind of more in depth than maybe some of the yeah. things we've talked about on other um, episodes. But, um, you know, this week we've had um, some news in Nashville with a, a, yeah. a school shooting. And we know that as parents, um, that is probably on your mind and um and very possibly on your kids on minds. your kids minds mm-hmm. as well i know it's been on my child's mind mm-hmm. so we thought that this would be a good opportunity for us to just spend some time talking about having conversations with our kids um also talking about you know how to prepare them and protect versus protecting them and yeah. and really um taking the time to think through that so that we can we can have effective conversations with our kids around tricky topics such as this. Well, I think, Molly, you know, my kids are not in, um, in public or private school. My kids are homeschooled, so I don't I don't have a lot of, you know, personal thoughts about that for my kids. And, you know, uh, we were also homeschooled. Right. So for, for, for my parents, you know, and I remember I was nine when kind of the 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 first one that kind of hit public attention, Columbine right. High School, um, happened. Uh, the first kind of school shooting that happened, uh, and I remember that being very. Even though I was not in public school, it was a very. Um, it's memorable. I remember that like I remember 9/11. Mm-hmm. It's one of the formative. I I remember when that happened. I remember everyone talking about. It. I remember being frightened of it. Uh, not even being in school, but having friends that went to school. And I think there's a thing that happens when you're a kid or a teenager and another teen, it was teenagers in Columbine, and for this there was children involved. When someone your age dies and it's in a uh, traumatic, I mean, you know, it's a violent, I think it's the best way, it's a violent, aggressive kind of way uh, that is startling, even if you don't know the other, you know, child. Oh, absolutely. Because it, I think it has never entered your brain until that point. Oh, children can be murdered. Yes, and then we add, you know, visualization that comes in from right. the news and things like that. So we've create we, you know, those things sit with you, right, as a yes. child and, yeah. and as adults. I mean, I I bet everybody can tell you news scenes from those first shootings that we saw. I mean, yeah. I think. We've now had a lot of them, so we're you know desensitized to each specific one, maybe. Sure. But sadly, but, yeah. sadly, but I do think that every one of us has been impacted by them, and and our kids are as well. That's right. Yeah, I think I think the other thing is you know even if your kids don't think about it all the time because of the news or you don't let them watch the news or any of those kind of things, they have active shooter drills. They have things going on at school mm-hmm. that 
have to raise some kind of question in their minds of why is this happening and what's mm -hmm. going on. I, I don't know what the I don't really know what the teachers say about those things as they're preparing for. Well, them. and I'm sure it's teacher by teachers. That's what I was going to yes. ask you. You do have both of your children mm -hmm. are in uh, the same elementary school. Both of my kids go to the same elementary school. These drills are part of mm -hmm. part of their their schooling it's part of what they learn at the beginning of the year yeah. they refresh it just like a fire drill or a medical <laughs> and your drill. children are not just different by age they are so different in personality my two children are so different in personality my oldest child is in fifth grade mm -hmm. he has a lot of fears about things um he you know asks questions related yeah. to his physical safety often um he likes to be prepared and knowing that he is safe so for him the drills actually are comforting to him knowing that mm, okay they, there's there's they were scary when he was younger just he, he likes that. knowing there's a plan he likes knowing there's a plan that involves his safety my younger child <laughs> he is very uh maybe oblivious to all of it sure. he, he practices the drills at home for fun no, okay <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. For, he doesn't fully stage, comprehend and he's it. in pre-k he fully does not fully comprehend it but he understands these are the steps and this is what would need to happen so you know he has had a couple of times where he's stated this is the drill we're doing and then you know sure moves some furniture out. around i was sitting here thinking while we were talking about what the teacher said and i don't know why i hadn't had this thought until just then and i thought i should just ask my son who is a teacher yeah, right and i know he has he's said to me uh about some things that get talked about as being legislation where they're teachers are going to be armed and yeah, all, sure. all that these kind different of stuff and ideas all the thoughts and uh, his thoughts of you know his desire to protect his students mm -hmm. and yeah. to do what he can for his students he is also he would be more like your kid that wants a plan uh, he wants yes. a plan for everything and he yeah. wants to know what he should do in those situations and um, mm -hmm. how to handle all of that so he has a little bit of the fear anxiety thing too that mm -hmm. uh, i hadn't thought about that really until just now like neither one of my kids comes home like asking a bunch of questions about it at this point yeah. about the drills for the for right. that matter like they they aren't coming home and asking a bunch of things related to it I think the the teachers actually don't talk to us about it really nope. either That's there's right. no conversation about it there's just an expectation that mm -hmm. there's some plan and that they're protecting you know that they have a plan in yes. their school and and so it just gets done, right? And I right. think for my kids at school, it gets presented as this is another thing we all are prepared yeah. for. If it was inclement weather, this is the preparation. If it was this, it's this is the preparation. But, but well, and I'm sure part of that plan from the school's perspective, I would think, because knowing how people are, if you present them with a plan, there are a bunch of kids that that will calm them down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. They've thought about this. The adults in my life have worked this out. This is what will happen. Whether. You know, it all works out perfectly or right. not, we don't know, but they at least it will help them calm down. And as a parent, I want, I like knowing that yeah, there sure. is a plan, it, yeah. that it is whatever for me that school thinks is yeah, best, knowing right. their environment and their teachers. And I like knowing that they're preparing my child with a plan. Like that works well, for I, me. I think that's one of the things, you know, so we've already filmed because. Obviously, we, we did not know this was coming, and so we had planned to have, I think we told you on the last episode, we'd have a regular episode back, and then we've already filmed the next 
mini episode. And part of what really the, the main focus of that episode is this thing you talked about before, which probably sounds a little shocking if you haven't heard the whole thing, but that our goal is not to, um, pre- we are wanting to prepare our kids over just protecting them. And what we don't mean is protecting their physical safety. That is a, mm-hmm. a you know a, a part of being a parent. It's a very important job because they cannot fully protect themselves at certain ages. Uh, what we mean is rather than protecting them from information, which is what often happens. And in that episode, we talk about this is why sometimes we talk about sexuality too late. Mm-hmm. It's why we talk about violence or mental mm-hmm. health too late, because we go, I don't want to put an idea in their head that's not there. But instead of saying, I want to protect them from information, what's better is to prepare them for reality. And we talk about this in more detail in that episode. but. When your kids are going to school, or even I talk about here, my kids don't go to school, but they come to church and then they come home because they're around other kids. And right. they, I don't know, there is no way for me to fully protect them from information. No. Right. And but- so my job as the parent is to contextualize this r- real information that exists in the world in such a way that they can see Jesus and God and the kingdom way of doing things um, through whatever this is. So this particular event, Mm-hmm. A school shooting happens, and you as the parent, I know I feel this way, am trying to figure out, do I talk to my kid about this? Are they going to find out? What do, do I say? What do I say? How do I feel about it myself? Right. All think, of these things go, ooh. Yes. Well, and I do think that's a big deal. I think how I feel about it, uh, I have to deal with in parenting, grandparenting, whatever. I have to, Whatever, when these things come up. I don't. I don't imagine there's any parent that doesn't think, "Oh my, that could have been my kid." Right. And then fear, which in some of us leads to anger, which leads to us ranting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other people it leads to being very inward. Mm-hmm. I think you have to deal with whatever you feel about this event, but you cannot put that on your kid. Yeah. You must deal with that and then figure out how can I help them. You don't even have to have the answers, but you have to help them begin to process because and admit I don't know all this stuff I don't know I don't know all right. this and stuff. if you unfortunately unfor- or unfortunately the timeline can't resolve around how long you want to sit and no. deal with it because your child may be may need answers from you they may have burning questions they may be carrying it internally that they and they they need you to help them they need us to well, be there I think yeah I, I guess what I was thinking along the terms of and I have actually known parents to do this what you can't have happen is you can't pull up in the car rider line and, and mm. the kid gets in yes. the car and go, oh my God, did you hear about the school shooting? Let me tell you all the things. Oh, I'm so scared. I was so yes. worried about you. And all. You can't yes. you can't emotionally vomit on your kid in the moment Absolutely. and they're overwhelmed. You can deal with all that. You can feel all that. But at that moment, your job is to help your kid and find out where they are at the moment mm-hmm. because they may, they're probably not where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So in light of this most recent school shooting, I know a lot of you as parents are probably uh, concerned about how do I talk to my children about these kinds of things when they do happen. And so I thought it'd be helpful to maybe walk through just a, a, a few key points that you might want to keep in mind as you go through this process. And of course, as you've already heard us say on this podcast, It's important to reflect on your own feelings first before you go into a conversation with your children. You know, we as parents 
We are the greatest source of strength and stability for our children. Uh, the truth is, they're looking to us uh, for all the, all the things, right? They're looking for us to provide a place where they can feel loved and to feel safe and to just find that bedrock stability that they need. So uh, my advice on that is just try not to approach your kids when you aren't feeling calm and you aren't feeling centered. If you need to do some work, maybe even some time of prayer, just to just to kind of settle your own emotions before you get into the conversation, that's probably an important thing to do. And of course, if, if you need some help with that, talk to someone yourself. But then as you kind of move into this place where you want to feel like you want to talk to your kids about this, I want to just say, first of all, if you're concerned about whether it's okay to start the conversation, it is okay for you to start the conversation. A lot of parents get the idea that if I bring it up, it's going to make it worse. That's actually not true. That's actually not true for a lot of emotional conversations that we tend to have with our kids. Because see, if the thoughts are already there in your child, you not having the conversation is actually worse because it leaves the kid open to their own imagination and what they might just come up with in their head or they might be getting some other thoughts or influences from friends or even from media. And it's important for you to step in and to be, again, that stable force or that uh, framing kind of influence in their life. But if the thoughts aren't there, uh, you're not going to make them any worse. In fact, you bringing it up may give them a chance to sort of work through and verbalize some of their feelings. Another thing that I think is real important, and I've talked about this on other episodes about how we talk about emotions with our kids, and that is it's important to just ask questions. You know, things like, tell me what you've heard about what happened, or are you uh, talking to your friends about it? Are your friends saying anything about it? Have you seen anything about this on television? And of course, are you worried about anything specific when it comes to you? And then just allow them to uh, sort of drive the conversation instead of you inserting all of your thoughts and find out what really bothers them first or what they're thinking first. And then you can sort of uh, come in and uh, offer your perspective. And again, this is another point that I've talked about many times when it comes to emotions is our job is to normalize our child's feelings. See, Everyone feels afraid sometimes, and you need to say that to your child, including you. It's okay to say, you know what, mom or dad, we get scared sometimes too. It's normal. And I would say uh, this is a great time for when uh, you do talk about uh, how we deal with feelings, for you to share where your source of peace comes from, where your source of safety comes from. And that, of course, for us believers, it's our relationship with Jesus. I think this is a great opportunity when you have these emotional conversations and you talk about some of your own fears with your child to uh, tell them how you're praying in the days ahead. You know, we're praying for the families. We're praying for the people who were affected by this. And we're leaning on Jesus and how he uh, comforts us and uh, makes us feel safe and, and how he protects us. And of course, in the conversation, it's important to emphasize safety. And if there's any misinformation, of course, when you ask these questions, you might hear some things from your child and it's just not right. And maybe they've gotten some ideas and they're a little bit, a little bit out of whack a little bit. And so the truth is, uh, there is no immediate danger to your child and you need to remind them of that. The truth is, these shootings don't happen that frequently. 
We feel like they do because we see them on the news so often. But by and large, children are safe at school, and we need to remind them that they are safe. It's a good chance for us to remind them that there are leaders, there are teachers, there are first responders there who are protecting them, and there are things in place, and, and that they can, they can feel safe uh, in school. And there's that old uh, thing you've probably heard before when uh, way back in the day when Mr. Rogers was a, was a thing in our culture and he was very influential. Someone asked him this question. They said, how do you talk to kids when you see all of these things on television? And uh, his advice was instruct your kids to look for the helpers, look for the good that's going on around that. And it will reassure them that, you know, if anything like this happens, there are good people who are there to help and protect me. And so that's another thing uh, that you might want to point them to just to help stabilize them. You know, what's interesting is um, as I'm having uh, these thoughts and trying to decide how to present them to you guys, I actually had a conversation with my daughter. Uh, She's uh, 16 now. She's in high school. And so I come home and she's the one who informed me of this most recent school shooting. She said, Dad, did you hear about it? And of course, I hadn't at the time. And so I allowed her to kind of fill me in. I found out what she had heard. We both went on our phones and looked up some uh, details because, again, she's a teenager. She's going to get these uh, details. If she was younger, I probably wouldn't have done that with her. But since she was old enough and she was already investigating, we talked through some of those details. And then I began by asking those questions. And in fact, I, I just said to her, I said, so tell me, how does this sit with you today? How how are you feeling about this? And it turned out to be a great conversation. We talked about um, all of the safety measures that she had seen put in place in school and how uh, that was what helped her to feel safe. And so I reminded her of those things um, and just kind of checked in on her. And she was able to express some of the thoughts that she was having. And we processed some of those emotions. And uh, and it turned out to be, uh, I think, something that she probably needed because she came to me she was letting me know that this is going on. And so leaned into those emotions and uh, it turned out uh, actually, I think, to be a help to her. In the episode you were supposed to see today, we're talking about you only have so much time with your kids. Uh, and so you'll see more about this as it comes out, but which means you only get so many dollars to spend right. on influence. And are the point of that episode that you'll see is we want to spend all those on Jesus. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean you shouldn't talk to your kids about politics or you shouldn't put those things out. Politics by their nature, though, often, and what I mean is the rhetoric we have around politics, gives very simple answers to very complicated problems, um, which the older your kid gets, the more they want to poke holes in those things, and it becomes more difficult for you then to talk about what really matters in this situation, which is where is God? As we said from the beginning, where is God in this? How can we see Jesus in this? And what would Jesus have me do in his kingdom? Because, you know, in all of this and, you know, um, so I think you're, you're right on where is God and what would I say? So if a kid asked me that, where's God in this? In this particular thing, we know there were some adults killed most likely. We may not find this out to be true, but most likely in every other one of these, those people were trying to protect children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so where is God in that? Well, that's even if those people aren't Christians, mm-hmm. right. God has this thing that he places in us to pr- protect and help children. So I would say to, to kids, you know, where was God? God was in those people. And God was in the people who eventually stopped this man. Uh, I guess it was a man. I think it's this one was a woman. 
Was it really? This, this this one was one. I think there's some wow. I, 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 things okay. around that too. I don't know enough about the the, the news around situation. it. Um, but like you said, and this is the unfortunate part. And this is when when Molly and I talked about it of you know um, responding to this one. I know this is going to be on the internet for a while, and unfortunately, there there very well may be another one. Uh, so don't I don't even with this specific case right. I don't even know you have to get into the specifics on the case for your kid you can just say no God no, is like all. you said God is with the people who are protecting because seeing he, as how we're I think you right. said 13 weeks into this year and we've had 19 shootings yeah you don't have to get into the specific because there will be another one there will be another right. one mm-hmm. and you can have the conversation with them like you said is there protecting him and what we know is. That God is with every person, and you know, I've I've shared this story with some other people before, but um, I had a uh, I just had a moment in a prayer one day. Um, I should have not started sharing this. Sorry, it's very emotional. I had a moment in a prayer thing the other day where I had someone who um, uh, lost their life, and I was just praying to God about it. I was so emotional about it, and I could see in the moment that while they were there and their life was ending, that that Jesus was sitting right next to them. Hmm. And that where we know Jesus is, it was Jesus was holding every one of those people. Yep. Um, and that he never, he never leaves us. Uh, and I do think there's a comfort to that, to be able to say to our kids, uh, you know, he never leaves you. And he's always going to be there. And uh, that's where God is in the midst of all these things. And I know you had said, um, that your your child has asked you before, is this going to happen to me? Right. My child has said, is this going to happen to me? And I can't say, no, it's not. I can't yeah. say that. But I can say, you know, God is with you. Uh-huh. And that we have to trust in that. And that we that's where our comfort comes mm-hmm. from. And that God is in everything in some way, shape, or form. And, well, and, and I can't say this isn't specifically going to happen to you, but I can say, this likelihood. Is, the likelihood yeah. of this happening is is very very little, and because yeah. um, I mean, if we're going and and I and I talk often about we don't want to be a family that spends our you know time worrying about the things mm-hmm. that are unlikely because if we do that we're going to lose we're going to mm-hmm. give up some really great things to be focused on the unlikely mm-hmm. scenario. <laughs> well, and I think that's right. I think it's okay to say it does not minimize the loss of life for us also to say to our children, even though this happens more than should or we would ever want to happen, percentage-wise, statistically, uh, the likelihood of it happening to you, I think there is a confidence we can give to our children. Like like riding, you know, you're talking about riding in a plane. Statistically, exactly. it does happen. And yes, it happens more than it should. But um, it is an un... You know, when we talk about nuance with the the younger your kid is you can probably have a conversation with a 15 year old about you know oh yeah this is statistically higher than it should be mm-hmm. <laughs> nuance is not helpful to a seven-year-old no. it is better to say this is probably not going to happen to you right. yeah. this is probably not going to happen to you and because they're black and white thinkers they need and the oh. nuance leaves them more uncomfortable because right. they need to know Yes, and it, when they're black and white, unless you have something really that they can grasp yes. onto. I mean, I know I told you guys my child stayed home for the first time the other morning, mm-hmm. and, of course, a storm comes through. Mm-hmm. So when I talked to him about it later, I said, what were you afraid of? And he mentioned 
something about they. And I said, who is they? Mm-hmm. And what were they in your mind going to do? Mm-hmm. Right. And he that was OK because he was able to say to me, well, they might like rob our house or something. And mm-hmm. so I was able to say, when you stand on our street, if you were going to choose a house to rob, would mm-hmm. ours be it? Mm-hmm. And he said, because that's that's concrete to him. That's right. black right. and white to him. That's right. That's a scenario by which I could do it. Sure. I cannot do it in in other scenarios no, where there's right. nothing like tangible that's for right. him to grab onto that's because right. of the right. stage he's at in life. He's 10. Yeah. So then one thing my girls have asked me when we've talked about this before is, why doesn't anybody do anything about this? I mean, yeah. I've asked that question mm-hmm. to yeah, myself, I have. have you? That's and what I that's what I would have to restrain myself in mm-hmm. talking to a grandchild about it. I would have to deal with myself of why doesn't this get fixed? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we changing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my answer has been to my girls, you know, um, I do believe that there are people working to try and fix this. Uh, the, you know, and I've told them, and even getting into just trying to help them understand policy, I said, the, the, the struggle is in our country, not everyone can agree. Mm-hmm. And so there are people who have an answer, and there are other people who have another answer, and then there's a third group of people, and they got an answer, and everyone wants, everyone is trying to figure out, and I said, unfortunately, there probably are some people in the mix who aren't necessarily even trying to do that. And that's the unfortunate, you know, nature of humanity is everyone can't agree and we all have different things. I said, but the thing we can know is that the question you're asking, this idea you have of someone should fix this, that's Jesus speaking through you. Well, and I would say that that is there's there's a thumbprint of God in that. God Mm -hmm. definitely wants it fixed more than I, that's what I have to remind myself of Mm -hmm. when I, you know, you know, in another situation, I've been in that the last few days or so with a situation that's just so incredibly unjust to me that I've talked to God about it. And it, it, God wants this more than I do, and he is at work at it. Yeah. It just isn't happening on the timetable mm-hmm. I want. And mm-hmm. the part I play is continuing building into the kingdom. So I would say, again, if I'm talking to an eight-year-old, I'd say, you know, everything we do in trying to help people follow Jesus and you beginning to follow Jesus is us trying to do something. Mm-hmm. We're trying to we're trying to change people's hearts and help people one at a time. And if everybody gets on that eventually, this will change. There have been problems all, and again, mm-hmm. now if you get to an older kid, you can talk about problems through the century mm-hmm. that people never thought mm-hmm. could change that Long-term, it was followers of Jesus that began to change those things, That's right. that the kingdom begins to break out. And I do believe other countries have changed this. I believe the power of God at work through his people will change this in our country one day. I may right. not see it, but mm-hmm. I do believe that will happen. It won't happen because of politics. It will happen because the power of God at work through his people. Eventually, this will change. Which is why we talk so much about chasing the goodness of God and not this greatness of everything else. And and I think, you know, even in this scenario, it's hard to see sometimes. It is. And when we talk about what can we do, well, you know, we know we there is so much power in prayer and modeling that and being including our children in that that Mm -hmm. one act and i know people say don't say thoughts and you know don't don't say thoughts and prayers that's just like insensitive but not if you're in if you're actively praying with Mm -hmm. your family that is something that is something that we want to teach our kids to do and do it with them and then you know 
speak to God together as a family. One thing for sure is we do not want to buy into the cultural narrative. And I get why people say it, because so many people do say thoughts and prayers and they don't they don't do either. They, yeah. they say thoughts and prayers on social media and they go right back to the baseball game or right back to Netflix. And they don't pray and they don't have many thoughts mm-hmm. about it because they just don't want to deal with it. But we aren't the people that don't pray. Right. We do believe that there are unseen forces at work for good and for evil and that God has given us the power to call on that. And somebody has to train our kids and our grandkids that that is a real thing that's taking place. Even though I can't see it taking place, it really does matter. And so I'm going to do it. Right. So if I say to my child... We should pray about that. Then we need to stop and pray about it with our my, with our children right then and That's there. That's exactly because right. Because if I say to my child, "We should pray about that," and then we, you know, he goes off and yeah. does one thing, and I go off and do he. Ne- we we never experienced no. that, and and maybe no. we did it's each other individually, right? But yeah. it's essentially yeah. Hashtag but I think it's a prayers. great opportunity to yeah. to live out what we continually talk and about I think, here. I think I it becomes a part of you know. Another answer that comes up a lot for my kids are a lot of questions that come up where they ask me, why would a person ever do this? You know, why would a person? Because mm-hmm. that, I think, one, it boggles any, I would hope it boggles almost all of our minds. Um, and that's why I think, um, you know, the, the whole conversation often is frustrating for me. Um, and most political ones are too, because I think most evil, and I, I, I do think this is, Part of the spirit of Godness, we look at evil and it confounds our minds. Um, that even if this is a person who um, who who has mental health issues, or um, or you know has been hurt, you know, or, or abused even in some way, the act that has happened is so evil by its nature. We look at it and our minds cannot wrap around. I don't understand how I could get to a point. And then unfortunately, once again, this is what I meant by political answers being simple. Everyone wants to narrow it down to, you know, one of three different problems that we could fix to get it down to. If, if we could get to this, this would, would fix the thing. And I think to be able to say to our kids, uh, there's a lot of reasons maybe that contribute to it. Um, you know, it could be that this person had been really hurt in the past. And that that hurt festered and and they did never get healed within them. And it just grew and grew and grew, Um, you know, or maybe maybe it is that this person, for whatever reason, they were tempted by these evil thoughts and this evil within them. It grew or, you know, maybe there is some mental health component, whatever you want to get to on the issue. But then I would say to my my kids, we should be praying because, uh, you know, the tragedy of this thing is not just that there were people who lost their lives. That is a tragedy. There's also a tragedy that the, an image bearer of God allowed themselves to be so corrupted by evil. Once again, even if it was evil that was done to them that then they passed on, that in and of itself is a tragedy as well. Mm-hmm. And for us as believers to not become people, it's an it's an easy out to completely vilify um, the person who does the, 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 the evil, because it allows me to say, I would never be That's that person. Right. And the truth is what believers believe is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And what may have, um, you know, I hate to use the word blossom, but what may have grown to this horrendous act of evil, that root is still within me. Mm-hmm. And for all of us to be able to say, uh, the, all that we can do in these moments is to pray. And maybe I want to pray over 
You know, if, if you think the solution is some kind of legislation that needs to be passed, you should, you should pray and say, God, um, would you move in the hearts of the lawmakers and maybe even in our country for there to be a movement to help get these things that, that the spirit of evil that allows this kind of violence, there clearly is some kind of culture that, uh, a, that cultural problem that, that has this evil of death that is just a violence, gun violence coming up. Pray against that. Pray against, uh, you know, the evils of, that are of mental health. These, this, this, the people who are, who, who have all of these things that are afflicting them. And that we're not helping. That we're not helping. That right. we would say, so pray for the system. Pray for the individuals who are afflicted by that evil that is, that is hurting them and they're suffering under it. And then, just pray for the spirit of evil. We know that we know the enemy is at work in our world. Pray that the enemy is crushed here, and and all of those things I think are powerful. And if I had a young child, like even under ten, depending on how they are sensitive to the spirit, and they I say you know there's evil at work and all of that, and Satan's at work and those kind of things, and they go, well, is that going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be overcome? I would go, we know that. Bible's really clear that the Spirit of God is more powerful than the Spirit of Satan. So when we pray and when we go to church and mm-hmm. when we stay close to him. Yeah, we stay close. You don't have to worry about that. That's right. You don't you don't have to worry about that. But when I do something wrong, even little things, all all big things start with little things. I just confess it. God's good. He'll forgive me of that. And it protects me from Satan. Every time I do something wrong and I say to God, hey, I did it wrong, I'm sorry. It protects me from Satan. Mm-hmm. It protects the people around me from the influence of Satan in me and allows me to be on the side of God in that. So with a young kid, that's what I would talk to them about. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's where I would go with that. Yeah, and I think, like you were saying, too, there's going to be so many things that break us and yeah. as believers that we see. And this, we're, you, we're talking about this particular thing, but, you know, you, you said a bunch of them. But I just think being a family um, in our own homes that, we turn to God during those times, mm-hmm. and it's an outward expression right then and there. It just is a powerful thing for and a powerful practice to teach within our own family. And it, it is a discipleship moment for me and my kids mm-hmm. and for me myself because, you know, I've said on other places where I talk about it, most parenting is me parenting myself. Most grandparenting has been me parenting right, myself as you're just— and in these moments where I have to teach my kids, I am, in fact, teaching myself. And I remind myself of what I really believe is true. And if and this is this is not if you find yourself pontificating on politics and you couldn't stop yourself. Here's what I want to say to you on the backside of that. <laughs> you have just revealed to yourself what you think really matters. Yeah. Well, it will solve the problem. And, and it's a great opportunity for you to say, do I believe that's more powerful than Jesus. Mm-hmm. I know I went to that first, and I'm not trying to say that in a condemning way. There's no condemnation in that, but it is a mirror, yeah. and I get a chance to look at it and go, do I want to teach my kids that a government that one day will fall, maybe not in your lifetime, but this will all, all governments eventually go away, or do I believe in the one true king of kings, lord of lords, and I'm going to point to that, even if I do it shake, real shaky, and I have to say it with quivering voice because I really have been leaning this other way. You just have to look at these moments as discipleship moments for you and discipleship moments for your kids. And you say the right things and you may be preaching to yourself. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think so. I think to kind of wrap us up on this, um, I think 
a really important thing for us to always do at the end of these. Um, like you said, is for, for one to pray with our kids, especially if it's a long, you know, if it's a short conversation, it's a short conversation. If it's one where you've got a teenager, um, you know, as as uh, Jason has talked about earlier in this episode, or if you've got, uh, you know, younger kids that are really nervous about this, that you need to, they're just very fearful. Always leave them with hope. I think um, to you know, don't rush past the the tragedy of it. Don't rush past the loss of life. If you've got a deep feeling, I got a couple deep feeling kids. Don't try to be like, oh, well, cheer. it'll all be all fine. It'll all be. You don't need to feel that. Yeah, you don't need to feel that. that's not a problem. As Jason always, you know, says when we're talking about it, is to normalize emotions. It's normal. I'd be scared to. Oh, that you know, that's a normal feeling. That's all fine. But then lead by saying, but no matter what happens, we know God is with us, and God wins out in the end. And that what we know is that every person who loses their life in any context, that God is there with them. And for believers, we we will be raised up with Jesus and we'll get to spend eternity with him. And so there is always hope at the end of this that God is making all things new and he's making all things better. That's the contextualization that, to kind of bring it back to the beginning, if you are protecting them from the information or you think you're protecting them, you don't get to prepare them for that. Because now they get to hear it from some other person who may be probably giving them a political swing to it, which most political answers on either side tend to be very despair-driven because i got to get people on it. If we don't do this, it's all going to hell. And if we don't do this, it's all going to get bad. And that's very fear-based for a lot of our kids. We can end on no matter what happens, God is in control and he is going to make all things new. Now, the kingdom of God is breaking out in our world everywhere. And it is in these problems too. It's hard for us to see when they're at this dark stage. But that's what I want to lean into, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all the things that Jesus came to give us does win out in the end. And I want my kids to know that. And I yes. want them to lean into it, even when I'm afraid, even if they have to talk to me about it every day, that those things are what we are trying to bring about in the world. But we can't bring them about in any other way than in the way of Jesus. Right. So I think and if you have other questions about this, we have that link. Yeah, in we have a link in the um, description in there. In the description. And we want, you know, feel free to submit any questions about this or anything else for future mm-hmm. episodes. But certainly anything came about in your mind from here, let us know. We um, will look for an opportunity to talk about it because I think this is important information. So, yeah. Yes. Thanks I think for, we've exhausted I it. think we have. I was just wondering, you know, you all call this a mini episode. <laughs> I was just thinking, I don't know how long your episodes would normally go, but... Uh, we don't have a clock, so we just want <laughs> to go, get to the... We go talk long. until we get to the point where we feel like we, well, got, we got through the material. It's mini in that it's basically this and that segment with Jason, whereas normally we have pro- like seven Yeah, segments. we don't have all these segments okay. to it. So, all right. All right. Yeah, but okay. it's well, many in that people I would probably rather listen to this than the other stuff. So I have enjoyed being a part of this. Well, we've been glad to have so you yes, on the podcast. We are glad so. you were with us today. It probably won't be the last time we bring oh, you on. Oh, so. there you wow. Go. That doesn't Very normally good. happen. Well, for any information you need, look in the show notes, and uh, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>